And we're back. Welcome to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I'm also Mike handling the introductions today because my co-host came back from vacation and he's very sick with a flu that rhymes with Ovid. We appreciate all the best wishes on Twitter. And Mike, I wish you a full recovery as well, my friend. But with these Gotham noms and with how much research and writing I did for this episode, I did figure it would be a good time to do another solo episode of Oscar Race Checkpoint commenting on these 33rd Gotham Awards nominations. There's just way too many storylines in play, and darn it, I'm sure my friend agrees with me. The show must go on, so that is what I'll do. The Gotham nominations were announced Tuesday, 10-24, and the 33rd Gotham's Awards Ceremony will take place on Monday, November 27th. I'm guessing that the broadcast will be live on YouTube once again, and in good God am I hoping these strikes will be resolved, but I'm not even going to use a tone of voice that could perhaps uh, jinx it yet again, because I am just... Even with the you know, resume negotiations, I'm down in the dumps about that. And I'm terrified that we're not going to get all the talent at these Gotham Awards. I, I would expect they'd move the award show, in fact, because they've really done well. They've gone viral in recent years with the Adam Sandler speeches, with the Kihoi Kwan speech, with the Troy Kotzer speech. We've seen an Oscars bump for these Gotham winners from Maggie Gyllenhaal and Noah Baumbach to those recent supporting actor winners so I would expect I would fully expect the Gothams would move their ceremony if this show uh, is is still affected by the strikes by the end of November but we shall see Uh, I'll dive in to I'm not going to talk about all the rule changes obviously the big one is that they opened up the budget cap so there's no budget cap for the Gothams this year meaning films like Oppenheimer and Barbie could submit Half of that is true. Barbie submitted Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Color Purple, The Iron Claw, uh, Napoleon. A bunch of movies did not submit, reportedly so, and therefore there's there's some doubt on what was eligible. I don't have the big list. I would love to get that at some point and to be able to kind of cross-check it. Uh, I do know that tributes... At the Gotham Awards, typically don't get nominated in the competitive categories. And this year, we have three. Maestro is the cultural icon and creator tribute. Rustin is the icon and creator tribute for social justice. And Air is the visionary icon and creator tribute. So, recent history, uh, to give you guys some examples, last year we had the Fablemans and Michelle Williams be a recipient. No nominations in the competitive categories. Gina Prince-Bythewood of The Woman King. The Woman King did not get nominated anywhere else beyond that tribute. In 2021, The Power of the Dogs, Jane Campion, Kristen Stewart of Spencer, and the ensemble for The Harder They Fall. 
They received the three tribute awards without any competitive category Gotham nominations. But in 2020, it gets a little confusing because Ma Rainey's Black Black Bottom got two performer tributes for Viola Davis and Chadwick Boswick. And yes, both were nominated in their individual performing categories. So I don't know if they've changed the rule or if the small nominating juries and, and winner voting juries just steer clear of the tribute films uh, or what but uh again in, in 2020 the trial of the chicago seven got the ensemble tribute and no competitive award noms beyond that so i'm guessing there's a rule or at least an unwritten rule that the gothams just don't nominate these these tribute films so that again maestro rustin and air unfortunately they do not show up in the slate like i said oppenheimer killers of the flower moon the iron call napoleon the color purple not submitted i wonder if some other films are also included that in that list but matt neglia and uh, eric anderson had reports on those movies as well as IndieWire. but i will jump into the tallies now to discuss what did get selected and i gotta say i mean the gotham's kind of stuck true to their roots they stayed very independent film oriented and and as mike and i talked about when we talked about the rule changes a while back i'm glad to see it so the big winner, the big nominee leader, is All of Us Strangers. Uh, this, of course, is the Andrew Scott Paul Mescal Andrew Haig film that I saw at the New York Film Festival re- reviewed for you guys a couple weeks ago. International feature, screenplay, best lead actor Andrew Scott, best supporting actor, uh, and Claire Foy. Those are the four nominees. And this does make some sense, uh, noting the high critical Metascores in particular, 98 out of those fall festivals. It's only down to 92, so it's still super high. So the critical reception for all of us strangers is just through the roof. And because this is a small Gotham jury, you can obviously kind of transcribe the passion from the critical scores and take it over to its big day here at the Gotham nomination. So that's very good news for all of us strangers. Past Lives needed the three nominees it got. Best Feature, Breakthrough Director, Greta Lee, and Lead. Uh, these are very important for Past Lives as, it's, Lives as it's trying to continue. That Oscar campaign that it mounted way back from the spring, I think we're all rooting for it here on Film Twitter, but I'm a little skeptical that it's going to have enough legs, especially after its box office performance. But you hear about screenings all the all the time, and you, you hope that Past Lives can have a day here at the Gothams. The Zone of Interest, no surprise, three nominations, international feature, screenplay, and supporting actress Sandra Huller. 1,001, three nominations. This is exciting for the Sundance winner. Uh, the Best Feature, Breakthrough Director, A.V. Rockwell, and the lead actor, uh, Tiana Taylor. Anatomy of a Fall, Showing Up, May, December, and Passages all got two nominations apiece. And and look, I think in terms of these multiple nomination getters, we have seen the Gotham's kind of vacillate between an award shower and spreading the love. Last year, Everything Everywhere All at Once won two of its three nominations, including Best Feature and uh, Kihui Kwan. The Lost Daughter won four, and Coda won two back in 2021. So that was a year where Maggie Gyllenhaal kept going up to that stage, uh, certainly. And Troy Kotzer had that big speech that kind of catapulted 
his campaign. Uh, in 2020, I forget if that was a live broadcast, but Nomadland won two of the three. Marriage Story was the big winner in 2019. So as you can see, kind of back and forth, and especially if the small jury repeats itself, it's only like human nature that such a jury would kind of vacillate between an awards shower and, and kind of spreading the love. So we'll see if that happens again this year. And this year we would be due for a big winner in this case, but we shall see. It, obviously, it depends on the field, how competitive the f slate of films are, et cetera, et cetera. I would say it's an, it's an expanded field, of course, based on some of these movies that got nominated. So the one nom apiece crew is Reality, Poor Things, Totem, Origin, The Unknown Country, All Dirt Road's Taste of Salt, Blue Jean, Husera, RMN, Our Father the Devil, Priscilla, American Fiction, Barbie, The Holdovers, The Taste of Things, Blackberry, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, amongst the group, not including the uh, documentaries there. It is very important to note that some of these movies are big name Oscar contenders like a Barbie or The Holdovers or American Fiction. But again, they really stuck to their indie roots and I applaud them for that. And I should not have been as surprised as I was when I saw all of these nominations. That being said, I do think there are some great races with major Oscar implications. And let's start right off the bat here and dive into best feature. Passages, Past Lives, Reality, Showing Up, and 1001 are the five nominees. Reportedly not submitted by their studios again. Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, The Color Purple, The Iron Claw. To do my auctioneer voice real quick. Air Maestro Rustin, again, not in here. International, and therefore not in here. The Zone of Interest, Anatomy of a Fall, All of Us Strangers, Poor Things, Totem, The Taste of Things. So that would leave the snubs as this group. The snubs and best feature, Barbie, American Fiction, May, December, The Holdovers, Origin, and Priscilla. So it's a little surprising to me that a Barbie, you know, after they changed the rule, would not get at least a Best Feature nom. American Fiction, that's another surprise to me because it's been winning at, at all these festivals. It, it, it just won Mill Valley. It just won Middleburg. And American Fiction, of course, won the TIFF Audience Award. So, yeah, it's MGM. Maybe there's some, Maybe there's some strike fatigue there. I don't see any Netflix films in this five. I don't know. Maybe maybe the big streamers are, are causing the, these juries uh, to, to get a little aggravated with them. But Priscilla not being here, the holdovers not being here, those are, those are surprises to me as well. Passages is a fun inclusion. Past Lives, I, I like this field. I really do. We'll get into it in a minute. Uh, should you worry about snubs and best feature at the Gothams? I don't think so. Last year, Women Talking was snubbed. It was nominated elsewhere at the Gotham, so we know it was eligible, uh, like I'll say about the rest of these films. Uh, not nominated in Best Feature, and yet Women Talking was still nominated for Oscar's Best Picture, and it won Adapted Screenplay. Of course, in 2021, CODA snubbed in Best Feature at the Gothams, <laughs> retroactively snubbed, even though Troy Kotzer had his big speech and he won the Gotham, as well as uh, a breakthrough winner for Amelia Clark there. Not Amelia Clark. Um, Amelia Jones, of course. Uh, <laughs> Amelia Clark. Daenerys Targaryen. Anyway, uh, 
Coda not getting nominated in Best Feature, winning Best Picture, of course. 2020, Minari, Sound of Metal, One Night in Miami. Two of those became Best Picture nominees. One Night in Miami still got three uh, Oscar noms overall. They all missed Best Feature, were nominated elsewhere at the Gotham. So as you guys can see, I, I don't think it, you should be terrified uh, that uh, American Fiction, The Holdovers, Barbie did not get Best feature Gotham noms, especially based on this field. However, even with these changed rules, I think you got to look at an Oscars crossover stat. 15 of the last 20 Gotham winners and best feature have gone on to Oscar noms. 12 of the last 20 have gone on to best picture noms. Six of the last 20 have gone on to win best picture. So I would still bang the table that there is always an opportunity for the Gotham winner to capitalize and launch their campaign to make a first impression on the awards season academies and viewing audiences and to kind of start that chain reaction or grassroots campaign, especially from an indie film perspective. And you got a group of indie films that could really capitalize here. So it's an important Oscars conversation nonetheless, which brings me back to this field for best feature. And look, Conventional awards punditry wisdom would say that past lives in a thousand and one are probably the you know the shortest odds in the category with three nominations apiece down the card. However, passages and showing up they have two noms apiece, and, and both of those filmmakers are New York City critical favorites. Kelly Reichardt, she's been an eight-time Gotham nominee uh, with uh, these or with that showing up nomination for best feature, and Ira Sachs, he's a four-time nominee. I think he's been a long-standing New York City filmmaker. He's made a couple movies recently in New York. Uh, but Iris Sachs is certainly a, uh, a Gotham favorite as well. So you never know. Uh, reality, perhaps that's the lone nomination that was puzzling to me. <laughs> HBO original film. I didn't think there was enough there for a movie, even though I liked watching the film. I thought it was it was a good uh, slice of life. It was a very it's an important political film. Uh, but uh, I guess people had to be passionate in a small jury room to get reality into this five. And that was a shocker to me uh, out of nowhere. So past lives again, perhaps the betting favorite where I would say has the most to gain. But if the Gotham spread the love, there's certainly a possibility for Celine Song to take the breakthrough director category and for A.B. Rockwell's 1001 to win this this uh, best feature or passages, like I said. I, I, it could go in any direction. Uh, I do think that the fact that none of these films and Best Feature were cross-nominated in Best Screenplay, that's very odd and that's very unusual. Even at the Gothams with fewer categories, we've seen Maggie Gyllenhaal and Noah Baumbach double up lately with Feature and Screenplay. But like I said, you could get Celine Song or A.B. Rockwell doubling up for that matter. So... My takeaways on the Gotham Best Feature, Past Lives, the most to gain. It has the Oscars candidacy thus far. It needs a boost. I would love to see Past Lives win because it's my highest rated film of the category. But to be honest, this category, I've seen all five films. They're closely graded for me. And 1001 is right on the heels. Uh, all of these movies are high Bs or B-plus grades. I've just seen Passages, in fact, and I thought very highly of it. It's... Uh, 
it's quite the love story. It's quite the it's quite the quite the yarn, let's just say. And look at I I cannot help. I cannot help the the fact that I thought of the Key and Peel sketch, the football sketch about the end zone celebration. All right, so passages obviously given the NC seventeen ranking uh rating by the MPAA. And if you remember the P- Key and Peel sketch, you have Jordan Peel dressed up as a referee with Keegan Michael Key as the wide receiver who caught the touchdown. Keegan Michael Key puts his hands over his head, gives two quick pumps, thrusts in the air, <laughs> air humps. And then you have Jordan Peel slowly inching towards him, watching his grind if he's going to pump one more time. You have Keegan Michael Key looking out of the corner of his eye. Oh my God, it kills me, obviously. I'm doing the Chris Farley show right now, but I don't care. It was such a funny skit. Go watch that. He does the third pump. Of course, Jordan Peele throws a flag. Very funny. But that is apparently the case here for passages. There's not a a penis or a boob in the movie, and yet it gets an NC-17 for too many thrusts. Like, what are we doing, MPAA? I, I don't get it. So too many thrusts, I guess, is a penalty still. Whatever. Uh, my money is still on Celine Song, and uh, I'm going to predict her to win Best Feature and Breakthrough Director on the day. Michelle Garza, Severa's Husera, The Bone Woman. I just watched that two nights ago uh, in preparation for The Scaries. She's also nominated for Best Breakthrough Director. Raven Jackson uh, from All Dirt Road's Taste of Salt. She's also nominated. I have not seen that film yet. I, I really want to. Georgia Oakley's Blue Jean. Uh, that's one of my favorite directorial efforts on the year. Blue Jeans, one of my top 12 on the on the year so far. i got to look at my list again. Otherwise, 1,001, definitely in my top 15. I think it's just behind Blue Jean and uh, one of my favorite films from Sundance, of course, from A.B. Rockwell. So, of course, I could see... I could see Celine Song from Past Lives and Avery Rockwell of 1001 splitting Breakthrough Director and Best Feature. We'll see how that works out. We'll move on to Best Screenplay, which I alluded to before, has zero crossover with the Best Feature category. That's very odd. We did have one American film get nominated in Best Screenplay, and that is May-December from a script by Sammy Birch, even though Todd Haynes directed the movie. He did not write the screenplay here. I just reviewed this one fondly from the New York Film Festival, uh, and I could see I could see May December winning a Gotham. Why not? Uh, There's certainly a very competitive category. We do have four international scripts, uh, big name international scripts: All of Us Strangers, Anatomy of a Fall, The Zone of Interest. Those are those are three that are going to be vying for for award season success down the card, and certainly uh, for the rest of this award show at the Gotham's. RMN is also a fun inclusion that was last year's New York Film Festival wowzer of an ending for me from Christian Munju. Uh, I thought that RMN you can get it on uh, VOD right now, I believe. If not, if it's not on streaming somewhere, that's a wacky uh, ending of a movie. Really intense. And, uh, you know, an intense story about xenophobia, but very watchable, fast-paced, down the stretch, even though it takes a little while to get going, FYI. But look at best screenplay. I think Anatomy of a Fall is my favorite of the bunch. I think uh, repeat viewings, if I can muster them, of the zone of interest, that that may contend against Anatomy of a Fall in my own personal rankings, May, December as well. I wonder if that's going to be a black comedy dark horse for me on rewatch. I don't know, but I do know that those were tight ropes to walk. And I do know that uh, these 
very eclectic, critical tastes probably involved in these jury selections could tab the zone of interest from Glazer or May-December from Birch as the winner. But if I'm honest, I'm probably going with all of us strangers, even though it's melodrama and the big twist didn't necessarily work on me, but but we've been over the reasons why. Like, I am a shallow husk of a man, a lovelorn, heart made of stone, grindstone, Scrooge, and I am sorry to say this, but Paul Mescal has never made me cry. Uh, obviously, that only makes one of us, and I'm speaking, of course, of the entire planet Earth. So Paul Mescal has got everybody else. But look, I can totally see all of us strangers having a huge night. It leads the nominations. It's obviously beloved by the critics. The critics are obviously making up these juries. It makes total sense. We also have some stakes for Oscars. Uh, The zone of interest is is in both uh, Clayton Davis's and Scott Feinberg's top fives in adapted screenplay. Scott has Anatomy of a Fall involved. I think all of us strangers, May, December, could be uh, lurking as sleeper Oscar contenders, and a lot of people have them in their 10s and 15s in the screenplay categories. But especially with an award like this, when you have passionate fan bases, when you have hives that are buzzing from these film festivals it could happen where one of these movies gets a boost and that boost could carry through as we've seen in previous seasons so all of us strangers will be my prediction to get that boost here but we shall see Uh, i'll move on to best international feature as a segue poor things poor things is the looming oscars giant and this is the lone nomination, shockingly, in my opinion, for Poor Things at the Gotham's in international feature here. Obviously, you have All of Us Strangers, Anatomy of a Fall, and The Zone of Interest, each with a viable case for this award as, as three other nominations. And then Totem. Totem is Mexico's selection for Best International Feature at this year's Oscars in what was another very crowded field for Mexican film on the year, I believe, Sarah the Bone Woman, you know, nominated here at the Gotham's, was also eligible, although that's a 2022 film. Maybe that was eligible last year for Best International Feature for them uh, in Mexico. But Radical, I believe, has, has come out this year. That was a Sundance audience winner. That's coming out later this month. You had Heroic and Sorcery, which were also big hits at Sundance with critics. I saw both of them. Heroic, I was, I was particularly fond of Heroic. That was an intense movie. I was surprised uh, that didn't get the international feature tab there from Mexico but so you got to think you got to think highly of totem and its future chances the fact that it shows up here is, is is certainly a feather in its cap so anatomy of a fall would be my choice in terms of my top, one of my top movies of the year i think it's in my top 3 right now anatomy of a fall poor things is not much further down my list uh, my personal runner up but of course I could totally see the zone of interest for all of us strangers. For all the reasons I've mentioned, it seemed like they were beloved by these juries. And Ann Thompson has called something like the zone of interest her one of her favorite, not, not favorite movies, but one of the best films she may have ever seen. She said that on Screen Talk. It, was, it, was, it, it really wowed me. And then 98 Metascore for all of us strangers. <laughs> Everybody talking about all of us strangers like it's the best movie ever. So there's serious passion for those two films. I could totally see that translating over to a small jury and international feature i will predict the zone of interest for now but i am uh i'm certainly 
biased to an extent for Anatomy of a Fall. But I'll finish with the two performance categories. I'm going to save the documentary category, even though I'll predict it later in, in this episode. I'll save documentary because I want to go over IDA. I want to go over the Doc NYC shortlist. I want to go over a couple other documentary sets of awards, Critics' Choice for that matter, that have been coming out. I'm going to do that in a big segment in a future Oscar race checkpoint with my co-host there. Uh, but uh, don't have time for that today. So I'll start with the supporting 10. And look, let's begin with three former Oscar winners. Juliette Binoche in The Taste of Things. Uh, and look, I realize my love for The Taste of Things is a bit biased. Uh, I'm on the record for this. I, I wanted to eat that entire movie. It was delicious. But she has some incredible scenes, objectively incredible scenes. And she's definitely an Oscar spoiler in this category. Uh, she, of course, has won... Uh, for the English Patient, and she's been nominated twice at the Oscars. Uh, that's that's Oscar winner number one, Penelope Cruz. Oscar winner number two here in supporting. Uh, she's from Ferrari this year, and she's another nom with uh, Oscars potential. Uh, Cruz has been surging in the Academy of late. I mean, that was a flex two years ago from Parallel Mothers. I think that was a flex for Almodovar as well. I think he's he's on the verge with the Academy, and he really should be considered uh, in his next film that that is is eligible should be considered because Vicky, uh, excuse me, because Parallel Mothers got two nominations, didn't it? It didn't get score anyway. Penelope Cruz, bit major flex with that nomination from Parallel Mothers a few years ago. Uh, she's won, of course, for Vicky Cristina Barcelona, uh, and the, and she's gotten nominated four times at the Oscars, of course. So. Her Ferrari candidacy is very real in supporting actress. Jamie Foxx is here from They Clone Tyrone. This is a fun nomination from a wild movie. He plays this pimp character. Oh, my God. He's just going off in this film. It's uh, it's Obviously, he's the third previous Oscar winner from, from Ray uh, in the supporting category. And although, no, I'm not expecting Jamie Foxx from They Clone Tyrone to have an Oscar's presence necessarily. You never know about the indie spirits, and it's always good. It's always good to be in the season. Jamie Foxx could come back in future years. We have Claire Foy from All of Us Strangers. She's, of course, the Emmy winner of The Crown and has been close to some Oscar nominations of late. Certainly, uh, Mike and I have been pounding the table, banging the table for her to be uh, in the mix there. First Man, she was one of our favorite our favorite performances on the year. Women Talking, I was a big fan of her performance. And that, she's been right on the edge of the fives. Not nominated yet for an Oscar. Can she do it for this year with all of us strangers? Ryan Gosling of Barbie. He's in the supporting 10, and he is a top contender in this year's supporting actor category. He is a two-time Oscar nom, of course, Gosling. Uh, and... And look, based on the overall indie sensibilities of these nominees, I would actually put Gosling's nomination here as some stock up for Gosling's candidacy overall because he's one of the few big movie nominees that just had to be here. So to me, that's very telling that Gosling is amongst this group. Uh, he is, of course, Clayton Davis's number one right now. He is in, I think he's Scott's number two. A lot of pundits are back and forth. Mike and I were back and forth at the mid-year Oscars. Uh, Mike had Downey Jr. I had Gosling. I wonder if that's how it's going to go throughout the season. I wonder if there's a spoiler like a Ruffalo, a Sterling K. Brown, etc. that could jump in. Maybe this next guy, Glenn Howerton, a.k.a. Dennis Reynolds, a.k.a. mid-year Mike Mike and Oscar nominee from BlackBerry, 
he probably got the loudest applause on film Twitter there, Glenn Howerton, among these nominees. Uh, so I'm very excited to see him here. I'm also very excited to see BlackBerry get nominated, especially after the news that AMC is turning that film into a three-part miniseries, which is perhaps unprecedented for an Oscars campaign. Like, we're going to see a longer version of the performance, presumably, on television while Glenn Howerton is campaigning for at least Indie Spirits, but hopefully for Oscars by then? Is that going to raise the profile of a film like BlackBerry that just didn't have a huge footprint on the box office when it did come out, despite the fact that the Colby Max and the, the Mike Ones of the world were championing, championing this film quite a bit? So we're rooting for Glenn Howerton, and uh, it's definitely a deserving performance. Very excited to see that myself. Sandra Huller of The Zone of Interest, not Anatomy of a Fall. She did not get into the lead 10. She did get into the supporting 10 for The Zone of Interest. It's certainly, it's certainly deserving. But I wonder if this was deliberate. I wonder if this was by rule where she got in one and not the other. I didn't read anything. I tried to read all these uh, rules and regulations for the Gothams. I did not see anything prohibiting a double nomination in various categories. Uh, but I wonder if this could happen to Huller at the Oscars. Is there a world where the zone of interest has stronger Oscars uh, coattails or it has a stronger Oscars presence than Anatomy of a Fall? This could happen, potentially, where supporting is perhaps less competitive for her than lead. I, I do wonder. She's been promoting both intensively at all the festivals I, I saw both uh, anatomy of a fall and the zone of interest at the new york film festival she was there twice she also did a big talk uh, a featured talk at the center of that calendar of the festival calendar that is and sandra huller has been she's been pressing the flesh to be sure and she's great in both performances and she's wholly different in both performances i guess in terms of her mannerisms and just her overall countenance i, I the fact that she's so physical in this performance and she's so stoic in anatomy of a fall is is really she's a chameleon so she's deserving from the zone of interest i could see her winning this category we'll talk about it in a second uh, otherwise, we got Rachel McAdams from Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. This is another film Twitter favorite nomination on the day. And yes, I'm proud to say Rachel McAdams is another mid-year MMO nomination crossing over. So our crossover stats are getting better. Uh, I loved her in this. She was one of the most likable characters on the year for certain. And that can't hurt. That's certainly got to help. Charles Melton. From May, December, another great pick, in my opinion. Feinberg currently has Melton in his top five. And many critics have been banging the table for his Oscars candidacy because I think, yeah, I think he's held his own with Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore, who are vying for Oscars in their own right after winning Oscars in their in their resumes. The, the fact that he's mixing it up with two great actresses at the peak of their powers and just he's the one you walk away with saying, Wow. I mean, yes, it's a pressure cooker of a performance from May-December, but Charles Melton, by the end of it, revealing a lot of depth, showing how it all boils, boils over. And yes, I realize those are all euphemisms, and I don't apologize for anything. So Charles Melton in the mix here for supporting. And finally, Divine Joy Randolph from The Holdovers, another major Oscars contender nominated for a Gotham uh, she's a low nominee from a film that many have predicted to be a best picture sleeper. I believe it was the runner-up at the TIFF uh, for the TIFF Audience Award. 
Uh, Mike and I have loved Divine Joy Randolph's work from Dolomite Is My Name, High Fidelity, The United States versus Billy Holiday, Only Murders in the Building. Divine Joy Randolph is the projected winner by both Clayton Davis and and, and the Feinberg Forecast right now on Award Circuit and the Feinberg Forecast, I should say. So she must really shine in this movie. I I can't wait to see it. I'm going to see it in a few weeks. And the holdovers, the holdovers, not the day it wanted, perhaps. But again, I don't worry about the snubs too much. But Divine Joy Randolph could take this category. We've seen, uh, we've seen uh, Daniel Deadweiler win from Till last year as a lone nominee. Uh, for for that film and she won the category so not worried too much for divine joy randolph but uh i yeah hey it's got to be said sterling k brown leslie uggams erica alexander from american fiction they've all emerged in, in a lot of punditry tens certainly scott feinberg's as uh probabilities right now to be contending for the supporting actor and actress categories at the oscars willem dafoe and mark ruffalo of poor things not nominated here at the Gotham's John Magaro of past lives. He probably needed this one. Like I've been saying, Julianne Moore of May, December, maybe she doesn't need it, but it would have helped. It could, it couldn't have hurt certainly. So those are the snubs in the supporting category that I could figure out. But like I'm saying here, Stephanie Sue, Jamie Lee Curtis, they both got nominated in the supporting actress category last year. Jamie Lee Curtis won, of course, for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and yet neither were nominated for the supporting Gotham, even though Kihui Kwan won that award and kind of launched his campaign. So, you know, there's there's an obvious there's an obvious caveat in terms of snubs at the Gothams. Now, we'll move into the lead performance category, and I want to start with two flexes. Anjanu Ellis Taylor of Origin the Ava DuVernay film, that is certainly a flex, low nomination, it's not even out yet, when is it coming out, who knows, who's seen it, TIFF, Venice, so her getting in here, that's a that's a flex in my opinion, and Lily Gladstone, another flex here, because she is in everybody's top fives for Killers of the Flower Moon, but she's nominated for the Gotham from the Unknown Country, a teeny tiny indie film following Lily Gladstone, driving across the country, I guess, and, and stopping for a few shoots, some with uh, apparently, you know, non-actors and some with some, 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 you know, well-known faces out there. So I really want to see this movie, The Unknown Country. I haven't clicked play on it yet, but it is on VOD now. And this is a fun story of hopefully a movie that gets a boost from an awards nomination. And certainly Lily Gladstone flexing her powers right now. She's the front runner uh, in Clayton Davis's lead actress category uh she's in scott's top five and i could totally see it i could totally see lily gladstone uh having a lot of love this season and rightfully so she's great in everything fancy dance is coming out she's great in that greta lee from past lives she's here teo yo is not unfortunately but a big nomination for greta lee keeping her hope alive important get for her She's certainly uh, a favorite of Mike and I's, another MMO mid-season award nominee. I think Mike picked her to win, actually, too. So that's that's a lot of fun. Move on to Franz Rogowski. Uh, he played a tremendous jerk in Passages. More than two thrusts again. Yes, apparently that is a penalty. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad he's rewarded here, Franz Rogowski. Uh, he's been terrific for years. Transit, Undine, those are two of my favorite Rogowski performances. Uh, he's also uh, beloved for great freedom amongst many other films. 
cool to see that here. And again, best feature nominee. It's only it makes sense that he's nominated. Uh, Barbatita Sajo, uh, excuse me for the pronunciation. I should have looked that up. Our Father the Devil. This is a nice surprise. It's always cool to see a horror nom here in a major category. And I definitely need to see Our Father the Devil before Mike and I, uh, we dive into the scaries. I've almost clicked play on it the last few nights. Gotta do it now, especially with this Gotham incentive. And again, hopefully that happens for a lot of these movies that people haven't seen. You get these Gotham nominees, film lovers will seek the movies out. It always helps. And uh, that's why I love to talk about these things. We have Andrew Scott from All of Us Strangers. That is no surprise. Surprised. He has been the priest from Free- Fleabag for far too long, people. Uh, he's been terrific in Sherlock. He was Moriarty. He was the father slash king. I loved him in Catherine Called Birdie. He's been in 1917. He's been in... Uh, He's been in that. Uh, he's been Netflix anthologies. What's the one with the the futurist? Right, anyway, I didn't write it down, so I can't remember it, of course. But Andrew Scott, well deserved. He's he's great in the film. It's a uh, it's a very intense performance, but it, it it's a disarming one at that. Kaylee Spaney from Priscilla gets a big nomination here. She is of course the Volpe Cup winner from Venice. I was a bit surprised not to see more Priscilla noms at the uh, Gotham's, but Sofia Coppola has kind of been established for a while. So maybe a Greta Gerwig and a Sofia Coppola, they're so established that the indie loving Gotham's kind of, you know, they move past them a little bit. Yorgos Lanthimos, I, I can get that at the end of the day. So still, I, uh, Kaylee Sp- Spaney winning Venice and getting nominated here. The fact that she's showing up matters and it matters for Priscilla, uh, Spaney is in more tens than fives right now, so this could be a boost if she could win it. Tiana Taylor of 1001, she's still in my top five on the year. She was my mid-year winner. Uh, I, I thought there was a ton of depth behind her tough love as a single mother in the story, 1001, and I got a lot of unexpected reactions for her from her in this. Reminded me of the Leonardo DiCaprio school of acting that you read about in interviews and whatnot. I'm not a student of acting myself, but she she surprised me, Tiana Taylor, in 1001, and I hope that people seek this movie out. I believe it's on Peacock and Amazon right now, so find it, watch it, Tiana Taylor, getting the Gotham nominee, and, you know, I, I a lot of things need to happen for her to ultimately get an Oscars nominee, but maybe this is the start of it. Uh, an indie film from a bigger studio, I believe it's Focus Features, it, it's possible. It's possible. Michelle Williams and showing up. She got the tribute last year. It's no surprise that she is nominated here from a Kelly Reichardt film, First Cow. I got a ton of nominations a couple years ago at the Gotham. So this is not surprising. And look, I mean, you walk away from that movie loving her character, loving Hong Chow's character. you loving that relationship. I, I am smitten with Michelle Williams. Uh, from showing up even though it's a yeah I mean it's a it's a subtle performance but hey the Gothams are gonna go deep and they're gonna they're gonna acknowledge that type of performance so that's fun and finally Jeffrey Wright from American Fiction he is the 10th nominee in the lead category he is moving up a lot of boards and lead actor at the Oscars we're seeing American Fiction move up a lot of boards in terms of the punditry after its wins at Mill Valley Middleburg and certainly like I said Tiff we have a lone nomination here, so it's another flex for that uh, for that performance from Jeffrey Wright. And like I said, last year, Daniel Deadweiler, 
Uh, she won as a lone nominee, so I don't think that matters in a in an in a award show with a few categories. So, knowable snubs. Again, I'm not super worried about who missed here, especially the big names. People like Scarlett Johansson, she missed for Marriage Story a few years back at the Gothams. She still got Oscar nominated. However, you know, the last few years, a lot of the indie Oscar nominees were first Gotham nominated. So you never know. Maybe maybe it does hurt. Uh, Emma Stone of Poor Things. Like, what else does she have to do? Uh, Margot Robbie of Barbie. I get that. They weren't going for the bigger name films. Maybe Barbie is a victim of its own success at the Gothams, at least. Sandra Huller, Anatomy of a Fall. I was surprised not to see her double nominated. Uh, I'm glad she at least got the Zone of Interest supporting nominee, but Sandra Huller uh, should have been. I mean, that, she's my favorite performance on the year thus far, uh, personally. Uh, so I was surprised not to see her in lead. Paul Giamatti of The Holdovers, snubbed. That's unfortunate. Uh, I thought he was a big New York City guy, too. Maybe I'm screwed up by that. Adam Driver of Ferrari. Penelope Cruz got in. He did not. Teo Yo, as I said, of Past Lives. And Christian Friedel of The Zone of Interest. Those are the knowable snubs. There are unknowable snubs of from films that I don't know if they were submitted or not. But we do know the... You know, Oppenheimer cast, The Color Purple, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Iron Claw, like we said, Air, Rust, and Maestro. So they were not going to be in play here at the Gothers in these performance categories for a variety of reasons. Who knows which other films were out of there. So I've kind of tipped my hat already on who I think is going to win a few of these categories. I'll finish it out with some predictions. I'm going to say Past Lives wins Best Feature and Breakthrough Director. A big day for Celine Song. And yes, a boost for Past Lives. I'm going to say The Zone of Interest wins International Feature. And I was very tempted to pick Sandra Huller in supporting. But I will not. Uh, for lead, give me Jeffrey Wright from American Fiction. For supporting, give me Divine Joy Randolph from The Holdovers. I just think they're going to mount some campaigns here. And I do think the Gothams like it when that happens. I do think the Gothams like it when that happens. Those those moments go viral. Divine Joy Randolph, Jeffrey Wright could give some great speeches. We've seen, uh, we've certainly seen uh, that happen before. And uh, I'll pick all of us strangers to win the screenplay category. Like I said, over Anatomy of a Fall, which would be my personal favorite. But uh, I, I can see all of us strangers getting getting an award at least after its four nominations. Otherwise, to be a completionist, I'll say Natasha Leone of Poker Face. I'll say Beef and Telemarketers win the TV categories. I didn't dive into the TV categories today, uh, but it's not going to affect the Emmy Awards because that uh, those those votes are in already, right? So we'll, we'll leave that. Otherwise, you know, I'm probably picking Four Daughters in the documentary category because it's won Cannes, it's won Berlin or something. I forget it's won two international awards, Four Daughters, and uh, it's nominated there. 20 Days in Mariupol, I, I, I've seen really intense about the Ukraine war. Uh, otherwise, I'll have to put a pin in the documentary conversation, like I said, because that'll be the next episode. As for the outro, which I forgot to do correctly in the last one, the last time I had a solo show, I better do it now. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook, Instagram, Gmail, and Reddit. We are at MM and Oscar on Twitter. You can find us everywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, Google, Apple. And as always, we appreciate five-star ratings, thumbs up, 
and certainly positive reviews. Those boost the algorithms. If I can speak, they help others find our show. Uh, it only takes a few seconds for you to help us out in that regard. Hit that fifth star, and it always makes our day when we get another ranking or rating or review. So we thank you all for that. What's coming up next? Well, I'm not exactly sure. Mike is still without a voice, I'm guessing, because he's homesick from vacation with the flu. We do have the six annual scaries that we are prepping. I am housing like I did burgers, horror movies right now. Uh, I, I'm housing horror movies one after another every night. So it is, I, I'm certainly in the uh, Halloween season and we've been prepping that for a while. We also have several potential film studies. I don't know if we'll do Killers with a Flower Moon. Probably not, as I said before. But The Holdovers, Priscilla, Nyad, The Killer, those are all upcoming contenders with upcoming releases that we will talk about in one way, shape, or form. Otherwise... I have a ton in this Google document that I'm not reading or commenting on because I want to wait and have those conversations with my co-hosts in future ex episodes of Oscar Race Checkpoint. Like I said, the documentary discussion's got to come, and there's a lot of stuff to talk about in terms of the races. And I can't wait till the end of November for the Gotham Awards. That's always a fun set. You get to watch these speeches play out. They say naughty words. They're funny. Things get to flow. I, I enjoy the Gothams more than I don't. There's some kooky moments, let's just say, throughout the Gotham Awards. And I hope they keep that spontaneity, even though they're trying to go go bigger. But, Michael, I wish you well. I wish you a full recovery. Get better, my friend. And hopefully the next time you guys hear something on this feed, it's with the two mics back in the saddle. All right, guys, when reality sucks, keep watching movies with us and enjoy enjoy all the speculation. This is the fun time. We can speculate about everything, so enjoy it, and I will see you guys next time. Mm -hmm.